What up? What up, EDS squad? What's going on? First of all, before I get into this little podcast, I just want to say that a nigga is sorry for, you know, being very uh, nonchalant about not updating this. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. I've just been going through a lot. Um, Personally, I'm going to get to. Not today. You know, there's a couple topics I want to talk to that's a little bit more alarming. Well, not really alarming, but more, you know, prevalent than um, what I'm going through. But I would definitely, guys, let you know. Because... I would like to say that this is kind of like my therapy session. I'm not in a therapy. I don't have a therapist right, you know, right now. But, you know, soon I will. But until then, this will be my therapy session. So, you know, guys, I will be talking to you about it real, real soon. You guys want me to talk about this the whole show? No, I'm just kidding. Guys, welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of EDS Squad at the Dark. I am your hostess with the mostess. I'm not a hostess. I'm a host. I'm your host with the most. Eli, you know. Well, hey, everybody. Anybody that's new, what up? What's, what it do? How you doing? What's good? What's really hot? You know what? Whatever. whatever. It's whatever is whatever. I remember back in the day. <laughs> this is off topic. Back in the day before, you know, you know, all the social medias and all that stuff. Well, we had social media, we had MySpace. And, you know, whenever somebody in, you know, where I lived at, Kingston, Rep 845, you already know what it is. Um, Anytime somebody will fight, they'll be like, whatever is whatever. Like, whatever's whatever. Whatever's whatever. And then, you know, the fight will consume. I never really got, I didn't get into no fights in school. I didn't have the energy at the time, and my family was like, we was deep, because I have a lot of cousins, and so if you was trying to fight one of, not just me, but any other of my family members, if you were trying to fight one of them, you was technically fighting a whole Simmons family, so like, you could try if you want to, but we gonna whack that ass, every last one of us, and then we got cousins in high school that could pull up. We got aunties and uncles. We got cousins that, you know, either old that I can come and pull up if mothers get involved. Like, it was just a lot. But that's what, that was different. So, <laughs> today I'm not really going to go through a lot of um, topics. There's one topic I want to talk about, and that is the VMAs. The VMAs was just this past Monday. Um, I'm going to talk about that, and then I'm going to talk about one um news topic that, you know, has not only the um, black community, but the black LGBTQ community, I wouldn't say up in arms, um, but it's kind of, um, it's alarming to me, and I'm going to let you guys know why I feel alarmed, um, But let's talk about the VMAs. We'll talk about that later in the show. So the VMAs was this past Monday. They were in New Jersey, I believe. Um, It was on Monday. Um, 
I was going through a medical issue. <laughs> so by the time I got home, I was tired, y'all. Because I've been in pain, like my foot, I've been in pain for like weeks. Like when, and I hate pain. So me being in pain and being a G and going through that pain. And it was like, because when I was, you know, at my residence, my home, I wouldn't be in much pain. Um, be, primarily the reason why is because my bed was memory foam and the, you know, my foot, I don't know, it was, it has something to do with being on the even, you know, playing ground when you're laying in a bed, but when I'm at my parents, I'm not sleeping in a bed, I'm sleeping on a couch, so it's not really, I'm not aligned properly, so I, I would get the most pain when I'm here. And it was times where I just would not go to sleep, period. Like, there was one time the pain was so bad, like, I did not sleep at all. Like, I was up the whole night, and I just got up, and um, I think I even went down to Kingston that day. And I just drank a cup of coffee, and I was down in Kingston. And it was weird because it will only happen at night. And I just was like, no, nah, I got to go to the hospital. Went to the hospital, um... They gave me some, because it turned out to be an infection. I had to get, um, they had to cut my, my toe. Well, not my toe, cut it, drain, all of that nasty shit. It was disgusting. Um, they gave me some antibiotics and all that good jazz. And they gave me like a, they wrapped my shit and they gave me a, um, a shoe, a medical shoe. So I was waddling. And everything, but that was Monday, and you know, today I'm recording, it's Friday, usually the episode would be out on Friday, but I'm a little late today, but um, I'm good now, um, that I don't have no pain, I haven't had no pain on it, to be really honest with you guys since, um, after, since before I went to the hospital, once I got to the hospital and they numbed my shit, I didn't have no pain since then. Um, I'm not walking with the shoe no more. Like, I still can because it's still wrapped. But, um, I'm kind of starting to walk on regular shoe. Well, I'm not wearing sneaker sneakers. Um, but I'm walking on regular shoes and stuff like that. So, slowly but surely, I'm getting back to, you know. Because I, mi- I just miss you know, just not being in pain, like, you know how when, I don't know if anybody has, um, ever had, like, chronic pain, where it's just day in and day out, and then finally, it's just like, you get that relief, but, um, I'm saying that to say, Monday, I came home from the hospital, and I've been in pain so much and I haven't been sleeping, like, for days that I was so tired. Like, I, after I got my, I had to go get my medication, after all of that, I had to, um, I came back home and I just, like, fell asleep. And I almost missed the awards because I remember it was supposed to come on at 8 o'clock. I knew that it was going to come at 8 o'clock. I didn't get a chance to do no alarm and all that stuff. But I woke up just in time. It was, like, kind of of the pre-show. Um, I got to see, shout-out to Meg, Megan Thee Stallion. She performed um, Hot Girl Summer and Cash It. 
the song she did with um the baby. Is it the baby or little baby? I think it's the baby. There's too many. Let's just put it this way. I don't really listen to new rap artists, so these people, except for Meg, I listen to Meg, but I don't know who the baby, little baby. I know that one of them has Suge. That song goes hard, but anywho. So I saw that performance, a dope performance. Um, outfits that really stuck out to me. I really liked it. Um, I really liked it. Remy Ma, she looked it amazing. I loved the um, two-piece. And she had pockets. So I know she was feeling herself. Because I know a lot of women love dresses with pockets. Because, I don't know, it's just... That's why I heard, because I'm around women a lot. So, they like dresses with pockets. So, but the outfit was really dope. Um, I liked it. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my dome, because I don't have any pictures in front of my face. Um, who else looked it good? Um, Cardi B, I liked her dress. She looked it good. Um, Lizzo. I loved it, her um, classic, you know, wear. She looked it dope. Um, man, I totally forgot who, what everybody wore. Um, there was somebody else. I might get it later on, but <laughs> it is what it is. Okay, so the VMAs, you know, opened up. I don't know the host's name because, honestly, I didn't care enough to know his name. Honestly, I didn't even know that there was going to be a host for the VMAs until the dude came out and says, hey, I'm the host of the VMAs. And I was like, um, what? Who are you? <laughs> like, I didn't know who he was. And his jokes were not funny. So I was just sitting there look maybe because I was medicated at that time, <laughs> or maybe, I don't know, or maybe I was because I was still tired. Cause like I said, I haven't been sleeping for a day, so that little nap didn't do really nothing for me. And that was like a little teaser. So what I really wanted to watch the VMAs for, I wanted to see um, Normani perform. I wanted to see, um, definitely I wanted to see Missy Elliott give her, um, video Vanguard. And I wanted to see, um, there was another performance that I wanted to see, um, and Lizzo. I wanted to see those three, and then I was like, after those three perform, I'm going to bed. So, um, we'll start off with Taylor Swift performed. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, period. Um, I just don't, I don't rock with her, so I'm not even going to get into that, um, maybe one day I'll talk about it, but I just, I can't get with her. Sorry if you're a Taylor Swift fan, I'm sorry, but that's just, she's not my stilo. Um, she performed, and then, um, they did the first award was Best Hip Hop Video, and Cardi B won for her video for Money. Which I think, out of all of those videos, I think um, Nipsey Hussle and DJ Khaled's video was nominated. Travis Scott was nominated, I believe. Um, it was Cardi. And it was a couple other ones. Um, visually, Money was a good video. Um, visually. 
I was shocked when I seen the video for the first time. When I first did, seen Money, I was shocked. So, visually, I see why she won. Of course, we're going to have the haters in the comments on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, why she won. This, she paying for her award. It's just tired at this time. Sis, just give sis props where props is due. Uh, that's one thing I have always stood on when it comes to music. I may not like everybody's music that come out, or I might just not like an artist. But if a song is a hit, a song is a hit. So... Um, she definitely deserved that, um, video, because her, her vision, when it comes to videos, has elevated, um, so shout out to Cardi, um, another person that won the award, um, Normani and Black won for best collaboration, let me actually pull that up, I got the picture somewhere, uh, 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 I'm lying. It was best R&B video. Um, she beat out Innocent Pack, um, Childish Gambino, her, Alicia Keys, and LMI. Um, I did not see the video for um black uh, for that song Waves, but what I can tell y'all is that Normani motivation. We'll talk about that in a minute. I'll talk about that more when I talk about her performance. Um, Ariana Grande won Artist of the Year. People thought she should have won Video of the Year for um, Seven Rings. Um, I don't like Seven Rings. I don't like the song. So I'm not even going to be... I'm going to keep it 100 with y'all. I didn't really care if she won Best Video, well, video of the Year or not. Because I did not like the song. Um... And Song of the Year went to Little Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus for um, Old Town Road, which definitely deserved, because out of all of these songs, Old Town Road beats them a mile. 19 weeks at number one. Okay. And um, Video of the Year, speak. I just talked about it. Video of the Year went to, um, oh, it was Ariana Grande's Thank You Next video. I'm sorry, not Seven Rings. Video of the year went to Taylor Swift. You need to calm down, which I wouldn't know because, like I said, I don't fuck with Taylor Swift, so I would not see none of her shit. So, but if it's the gay one, because I think Todrick went up and he was talking, speaking for her, speaking for the community, fuck out of here. Like, girl, girl, I'm just tired. I'm tired and through. She is tired and through. Um, so let's get into performances. So Lizzo performed. She performed Truth Hurts and one of her older songs. I forgot the name of the song. When I tell you Lizzo is start is fastly becoming one of my favorites. She really is. Because this girl, her music is so dope. But her performing is just out of this world. She has so much energy. She cre- she just interacts with the, her audience. She is just a breath of fresh air. She can write. She can play instruments. This girl is so dope. I live for Lizzo. And her performance was amazing. Shout out to Lizzo. Um, 
Another performance, Miley Cyrus. I'll talk about hers real quick. Miley Cyrus um, performed a new song. She was dope. I love Miley. Miley is one of my favorites. I love, love, love Miley. Um, she can sing her ass off, and she is just a dope artist. She always... Um, she's never put herself in one box. She's always changing up her style, changing up her... Um, her genre, she's never just in one box, and I live for that. So, shout out to Miley. Another performance, her performed, she performed, she was amazing, she was dope. I love her. Um, Normani. <laughs> Normani. Okay, so I already knew Normani was that bitch. Like, the first time I seen Normani was when she was. Um, with Fifth Harmony, and they put out the song, um, Work From Home, that song, You Ain't Gotta Go To Work, 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 that song, and I seen her at, like, all of those girls, shout out to all of them, but I just seen Normani, and I could just see that there was just something about her that if she became a solo artist, she was going to be an issue, like, she was going to be a problem, so when they split up, and then Normani started, um, she did that song with Khalid, which I thought is a dope, love that song. Love Lies, dope song. I did a um, reaction to it on my YouTube channel. Um, dope song. I live for Normani. And this motivation video just proved to me that this girl has staying power. She can dance her ass off. She can sing her ass off. And she has the ability to connect with her audience. Excuse me. The video itself was just dope. I loved it, the throwback. I loved it, her nodding to all of the throwback videos of the 2000s. I love that it was choreography-centered. I love that she... Normani is just dope. She is a dope-ass artist. I live for her. Um, her VMA performance was just that icing on top of the cake. She delivered, even though MTV tried to play her with the vocals in the beginning, with the music they was messing up in the beginning, but she persevered, and she went on, and she took that stage and made it her own. Um, shout out to Normani. She is amazing. I am so so, so excited, and motivation is definitely on my bump list. I've been bumping it, you know, a lot lately, and I'm going to continue to bump it. I'm just so ready to see what Normani's going to do. I can't wait to her first project, because I will definitely be supporting. I'm just so excited for her. She is like a breath of fresh air, for real. So, shout out to Normani. Um, then we have the video Vanguard. Missy. See, Missy has always been an artist that we all know and love and that we all fuck with, but she is very underrated. She's very underappreciated. She's very misunderstood in the fact that we don't give Missy the credit we don't give Missy the the flowers she so rightfully deserves. This lady started off 
with Timbaland and Aaliyah. She produced Aaliyah's whole album. She wrote Aaliyah's whole album. The One in a Million album. Then she went on to write for 702, Total, Monica, Maya, B. Like, the list goes on and on. Like, this lady not only writes for herself and spits and, like, she has written for all of your faves. Even your faves' faves. Like, give Missy her, her just due. But this is about a video vanguard. Missy has always, like, as a little kid, I've always been fascinated with Missy and her videos because they always was different. They they were never the, you know, the ass shaking, the video vixens, the dudes with the grills and the chains and the low riders and the hydraulics and the spinners. I'm thinking back in my 2010, guys, so, come, you know... Come with me. <laughs> it never was that. It, it was always something outside of the box. Ever since from the beginning. Super. I mean. um, I can't stand the rain. I can feel the rain. With the bag. You know. The bag. The trash bag. To. You know. The different ways she would play with the camera. Or the. You know. Like she will. It will be her head. And it will be on a dancer's body. And they will be going off like. Missy was a, is ahead of her time. She's ahead of her time. She always made sure that every video, every song, every album was something fresh and something new. She never, you know, catered to what was the general public's um, taste, per se. You know, she never conformed to what radio was playing. She always was inventive and she always was, um, I'm Missy Elliott. I'm forging my own path. I got this. I'm going to create my own lane. And her and Timbaland just made magic together. And she definitely, definitely set the bar when it comes to videos, when it comes to being a female rapper doing videos. Um, shout out to her performance was amazing. The VMAs production wise was outstandingly superior to the years before. Just the effects. Um, there was a there was a point where in Missy set when she did suit um the rain, um the trash bag her and the trash bag was floating up in the sky. Um, there was a part where she um, passed that Dutch video. We all know the cornfield where there was a UFO and somebody t- and a human getting taken up in the UFO. The production was amazing. The dancing was amazing. Missy said she was sick. I just saw a couple interviews with Missy. She said she'd been sick. She's not feeling well. And she performed while she was sick. But I could not even... I didn't notice. Because she put on a performance. Amazing performance. Then she brought she brung out Allison Stoner. If nobody knows who Allison Stoner is, she was a little white girl in the Work It video. And I didn't recognize Allison because she cut her hair. 
So I didn't know who that was, but I had to watch it again, and I saw on the back of her um, jacket, it says Stoner on it. So I was like, okay, that's Allison, but she killed it. Like, the performance was amazing. The only, you know, um, downside I was, it was that it was too short for me. I thought, you know, the video Vanguard, they get a certain amount of time, but Beyonce got it. She got, like, 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. When um, J-Lo got it, she got a, a, a substantial amount of time. So that was my only um, constraint. But what I can say is that Missy used her time that she had. And she used it. And she murdered that stage. Um, another honorable mention of the VMAs was the, uh, performance, the performance at the end. We had Queen Latifah, we had Red Man, we had Naughty by Nature, we had Fetty Wap, all repping New Jersey. Um, I love Queen Latifah. I don't know, I just love Queen Latifah, and I love when she puts her, she puts her, um, rapping hat on, and she gets up and she performs. I love Queen Latifah, I really do, um... It was good to see Fetty. Everybody knows that Trap Queen was that hit um, a few years ago. Um, so, all in all, the VMAs was decent. Um, it was decent. There was some things that I, you know, missed. And I, if I didn't talk about it, I didn't care about it. <laughs> to be honest with y'all. But, um... Oh yeah, Big Sean and Ace Ferg, they performed too. That was a kind of a that was a dope performance too. They did their little choreography at the end. I was like, okay, Big Sean with the choreography, okay, Ace Ferg. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it with the VMAs. That's pretty much it with the VMAs. When I come back, guys, we're gonna talk about this next topic, and this is gonna pretty much fill up the rest of this episode. So stay tuned. Okay, we're back. So that was the VMAs. Okay, so what I want to talk about is in the news. Um, I I think it came out today or yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let me get the article. Let me pull it up, and then I'm going to expound on the article. The article is just honestly a um, jumping board for something bigger. Okay, so NFL veteran Ryan Russell, um, he came out and told you know the world that he is openly bisexual. And he showed off his new you know boyfriend, and his boyfriend is a... Caucasian guy. <laughs> um, yeah. So he wrote, My truth is I'm a talented football player, a damn good writer, a loving son, an overbearing brother, a caring friend, a loyal lover, and a bisexual man. Um... Okay, so this is my thing. A lot of people was like, um, why are, why is everybody obsessed with coming out? Why is all these football players, all these basketball players coming out? 
this is your job. We don't care about your sexuality, blah, blah, blah. See, my thing is this. When it comes to, you know, coming out and all of that good stuff, that's a decision that you make within yourself. You can choose not to come out. Or you can choose to be free and come out. That's up to you. So I don't have no, you know, issue with that. Um, honestly, that's the only choice in the matter, I feel like, is when you have the choice that if you want to come out, you can come out and tell everybody, you know, I'm gay, I'm bisexual, I'm pansexual, I'm transgender, whatever. Or you have the option of not coming out. And, you know, you can still be... I mean, open in your sexuality, but not, like, open to the point where you want strangers and all that people to know. So, that's whatever. Then it starts to become a race thing, because I started seeing a lot of comments. It's like, oh, there goes another one. There goes another black guy with it. You know, they're taking all our black men. Oh, damn. The straight, not a gay man is getting... The gay men is following suit with the straight men because it's been a trending topic and I'm going to talk about it. So just bear with me before I even get into this topic. I just want to say that I love all love. I am not prejudiced to nobody. I love everybody. Um, but a couple things are, well, not a couple, just one thing is just alarming to me. Um, but, yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so, what really alarmed me about this is that I saw a picture of, um, four openly gay men in the media, in the industry, um, Karamo, everybody knows who Karamo is from the real world, um, Michael Sam, who, um... I believe was a football player as well. Um, Don Lemon, who is a news correspondent. Billy Porter, who is an actor and a singer. Um, and there was somebody else. There was one more person. Nope. That was pretty much it. What do they have in common? Ha <laughs> ha. They're all either married or dating um, white men. What's alarming to me is not the fact, because like I said, you can love whoever you love. Like, you really can. Like, I really don't have an issue. It's just, it's weird to me that it's only acceptable. This is what I see. So I may be blind and there may be a case where this is not, you know, true, but this is what I see. I see it's only acceptable for a celebrity, a black male celebrity to come out either as bisexual or gay as if they have a counterpart who is of a different race. I have yet to see a black man, a black gay man, a black bisexual man openly who is a celebrity dating another black man. I haven't seen it. And it's weird to me. It's, it's, maybe it's, maybe I'm just thinking a little bit too much into it. 
or maybe I'm onto something. It's very weird to me that we can't have that representation. It's bad enough that, you know, the rappers and the the singers, they be the, the straight men. They date outside their race and decide that they're, they be dating, you know, Spanish chicks, Asian chicks. Like, like, but what I'm telling you guys, I don't have a problem with that. You can love and date whoever you want. But I feel like there's an agenda, or not really an agenda, but there is a trend where I can only, you know, come out. I can only be public with who I'm dating if it's somebody of an outside race because maybe the blow will hit a little less. Maybe, you know, the community will look at me a little different. And it's really weird to me. Personally, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I love everybody. I don't have no... you know, issues with anybody, but I cannot see myself dating or even marrying a person outside of my race. Case in point, the reason why I wouldn't is because they don't know the struggles. For me, to date me, you have to be on a playing field. We don't have to be on the same playing field. You could be a little bit higher, I could be a little bit lower, but if we're building each other up, we can build each other to the level that we both are comfortable on. So I don't have no issue with that. I mean by the level of you don't know what I've been through as a black man. You don't know what I've been through as a a black gay man. You don't know. And then you can say, oh, there's conscious people. I'm very weird because... You can be conscious as you want, but that doesn't mean your family, the family I'm supposed to, you know, blend in and make my family, and they're not conscious, they're, you know, supporting things that contradict what I support, but you're not dating the family, you're dating this person. Yeah, that's true. But I always feel that you are a reflection of your family in some way, shape, or form. Um, you may not, we may not agree on everything, but if it's a majority of people in your family that has this one way of thinking, it's very hard for me personally to not look at you and think, well, damn, you may be telling me this. But do you subconsciously have this feeling? So, I can't see myself dating somebody outside my race. Could it happen? It could. Anything could happen. But I don't see it because I'm very particular on that. Like, that is one of my strong, you know, that's one of my no-nos. Like, I can't, you can't date me and not be aware of what's going on in the world when it comes to me being an African-American um, you can't ignore the fact that, you know, me being a, a gay African-American is even worse in the plight of that. You can't, and yeah, gay people, well, I'm white and I'm gay and I go through stuff, but our plights are a little bit different. The white community, the Caucasian community is a little bit lenient on the gay community. Like, don't get me wrong, there's some, you know, radicals and this and that third. But they're a little bit more lenient than the African-American community. Um, 
the African American community has a very, very bad toxic masculinity problem problem. And it just doesn't just go into that. It goes to, you know, the people in the islands and the Caribbeans and different countries. Like I, I and I, I just I can't I can't see myself doing that. I can't see myself setting myself up for something like that. So that's my take. But like I said, I love it. If that's who you love, that's who you love. I don't have, I have, you know, cousins that have art that have dated or in or married or are dating, you know, people that are outside of their race to each your own. Like that doesn't matter to me. It's just weird to me that, um, it's being pushed out in a way, but people are saying, well, why it's pushed out? Isn't that good? Uh, not when we want to see as me as being a, you know, black gay man. I want to see people like me, a black gay man, you know, falling and being in love and marrying another black gay man. I want to see two successful, um, rich, you know, popular gay men dating. Like, I, I don't see that. Because when you look across the board, like, that picture really startled me in a lot of ways because it one opened up this brain of mine into thinking all types of things but it's just so weird to me that every black gay man that is open in the entertainment industry is dating a Caucasian man like there's not one like there's not one exception to the rule like I can't if there is one, guys, let me know, and I will apologize for that. But I, I can't, I don't see it, and it, it makes you question, like, are they doing this because maybe, like I said, coming out and having a white gay man, opposed to having a black gay man on your arm, the blow would be softer. Um, people won't look at you crazy, as crazy, um, a different audience, not just, you know, your black audience, but another audience will come and cater to you. I don't know. It's, it's weird to me, um, that that's being pushed and black on black love is not being pushed. And it's not just the gays, it's the straights too. I can't, I can't stress that enough. We see all these rappers and they're dating these, that, and the third. Like I said, you can love who you love. It's just weird to me that that's being pushed to the forefront and black on black love is not. That's the part. That's the problem I have. It's not the part. It's not the problem that you you loving who you love. You can love whoever you love. That's that's if that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. But there has to be a balance somewhere, and I feel like. The more these celebrities are coming out of the closet, the more that, you know, that they're being true, it's just like, damn. Okay, you came out. Yay for black gay men. We're coming out. But damn, you couldn't find another... (laughs) You couldn't find another, you know, counterpart. 
But then we have to also look at the black LGBT community. A lot of us are not even ready to be in type of relationships like that. We're not ready to get married. Because a lot of us still have a lot of issues that we haven't addressed in our childhood. From either being um, ostracized, from being kicked out at a young early age, from being abused, from being beaten, molested, raped. There's a whole lot of issues that we think we can, you know, bury and suppress. We can continue to live on our lives and nothing can happen. But it starts to trickle in the small things that you do. You start to see in your day-to-day life that shit is not going the way you want it to. Or um, you try to get in a relationship and you only pick men that are dogs. Or in the, the black gay community, I have to be honest with you and I have to keep it funky. 95% of us like DL niggas. We like the DL niggas, we like the thugs, we like the the niggas with the pants hanging down, we like the ones with all the tattoos, we like the ones that talk that shit, that smoke mad bud, that drink mad henny. We love them niggas. Them niggas ain't dateable. Bitch, they're not even dateable, let alone married, married material. So... What really, like, annoyed me a little a lot was a lot of the comments from the black gay men were like, oh, there go another one, there go another one. But are you ready to be in a commitment like these couples? Because on my timeline, the only thing I'm seeing when I'm on my gay timeline on my Twitter is fuck parties, niggas pulling their dicks out, niggas getting fucked by different niggas. 10 different niggas, niggas busting all through them, niggas getting busted all over them, like, just disgusting, degrading shit, y'all not read, and, y'all, and then y'all talk about, these are the ones that talk about these types of relationships, are y'all ready for a commitment, are y'all ready to get married, are y'all ready to, you know, settle down and build a family? Or y'all just want to get ran through? You see this nigga, he cute. Damn, he fucking a white nigga. Like, damn, can I get something? Like, what is your motives? And like, a lot, like I said, a lot of the black gay community were not ready to even be in a relationship, let alone fucking married. We're not. And then when the people that may be, they're looking at the wrong dot guys to date. DL niggas, I'm repeating it. I'm, I'm going to repeat it till I'm blue in the face. DL niggas are not dateable. They're not dateable. They're not married material. They don't even, they're not even comfortable in their sexuality. So why would you think they want to date you? Why would you think they want to marry you? And this is somebody speaking from experience. I had to go through shit like this. So when I'm speaking, don't think I'm speaking on my high horse. Bitch, I, I did the deal thing. I was in something with that nigga for five fucking years. And I had to learn in five fucking years. It took me five fucking 
years to realize that this nigga is not even dateable, let alone married, kids, career. Bitch, he ain't even dateable. I can't even date him. He's not even dateable. He is so fucked up. He can't even be real with himself. And then that's when I had to step back. I had to step back. I had to work on myself and was like, Elijah, what the fuck is going on? Why are you attracted to these dudes? What about them is attracting to you? They're not doing nothing with their lives. They're not working. They're not, they don't have no jobs. They're scared to live life. And you want to live life. Of course you want to turn up. I like to turn up. I like to have fun. I like to smoke my weed. I like to drink my drink. I like to turn up. I like to have fun. I like to be with my friends, be with my family. But I also have goals. I also have aspirations. I'm also working. (laughs) At that time, I was working. Our levels were different. And And like I said before, your levels can be different. But you, but the person that's the level lower, they have to want to go up to your level. And the person that's on the top level, they have to want to help that nigga get on that level with them. If a nigga just wants to, it has, just has a mindset of staying on that level, that low level, where I don't want to do shit, I don't want to be shit, you have to leave them there. You have to leave them there. It took me a long time to realize that. Five years. That's basically my whole teen... Like, I I started dating this nigga when I was 17 and I had turned 18. And I didn't... 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. I was 22, turning 23. I'm 26. It took me that long. So, guys, we have to really look at that. And once I figured myself out, and once I knew what I wanted, I wanted a dude that, you know, has some street in him. I still like that street aspect, but there's a balance. I, I, like I told my friend, Mia... I want a balance. I want that street, but I also want that smart. I also want somebody that's goal-oriented, that wants to do something with their life, that, you know, wants to build, that's ready to build, that's ready to, you know, level up, and that we can, together, we can level up together. That's what I wanted. Do I have that? I think I do. You know, I've been dealing with this dude for a little over a year. I ain't gonna say his name because I don't even know all that shit. But, um, I'm doing what I need to do. He's doing, and I, 
what I love most about this relationship um, is that I'm doing what I need to do. He's doing what he needs to do. And we may not be official. And the reason why is because there's just a lot of things that's going on. And I get it. Like, he wants to be on a certain level. I damn sure want to be on a certain level. So when we get together, bitch, we can be something unstoppable. And I get it. But, you know... I just love his drive. I love his, um, I love his drive. I love how he always, when I'm feeling like I'm not doing enough or I feel like I'm down, he's always making sure that, nah, you are enough. Nah, you got this. Nah, it ain't over. Nah, this, he always comes with a good word of encouragement. Um, I've been down on it, guys. When I... Check the mental health episode, the previous episode. I definitely had a mental, you know, episode this last couple of weeks. And he called me and he just was like, yo, I know shit is going hard. I know shit is rough, but you got the, you, point in, point in, because I'm about to wrap this up. Case in point, get somebody that is on your level, that's willing to build with you that's willing to if they're not on your level willing to get on your level or if you're the person that's not on their level that they're willing to help you out so y'all can be on the same level together it's all about building it's all about building and that's my take on this episode i love each and every last one of you guys i live for each and every last one of you guys i can't wait to see you guys i'm gonna be back more regularly And to the next time, I hope you guys have a great Labor Day weekend. Have fun. Be safe. And I'll see you guys later. Peace.